You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. You guys can grab a seat. Man, it's good to be uh, with you today. Happy, happy Father's Day. Thanks for taking the time to be here today on this special time uh, on Father's Day. We're going to be continuing on in our message series called 40 Days with Jesus. And uh, this morning, what we're going to look at is really... um, just the opportunity to look at the mission of Christ and what he has uh, uh, lived out. He said that he came to give life and to give it to the full. And then we're going to turn around and look about your mission and my mission. And what does that look like for me? Um, you know, and how do I live as a dad and, and really do everything God's created me to do? Um, we're going to talk about some of those things. Um, before we get started in the message, though, I thought it would be appropriate just to take some time to honor some of the dads here at North Valley. And we've got to put together a special uh, slideshow and a song of dads. And what a great importance it is to remember the life and the legacy of what a dad can do in a person's life. So uh, enjoy this song in the slideshow of North Valley Dads. a giant When I was just a kid I was always trying To do everything he did I can still remember Every lesson he taught me Growing up Learning how to be My own
good. Great to be in the company of, of good dads here at North Valley. Uh, this morning we're going to be looking at the life and the mission of Jesus Christ and that mission that he invites us to. Watch this. the Holy Spirit comes to you, you'll receive power. The power of the Holy Spirit can be with you all, whatever you are. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Peace be with you. When we look at the picture of what missions is, uh, you know, I think it's helpful to have a definition. Uh, in your program, it says this, it's a quote from Donald A. McGavern, he's a missiologist. And he says this about missions. He uh, has been classically called the founding father of the church growth movement and missions worldwide. He says, missions largely is an enterprise of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and persuading men and women to become followers of him and responsible members of his church. Mission is about sharing and proclaiming about the good news of Jesus Christ. So the question comes is then what is the good news if we're to proclaim it? So if we're, if we're to proclaim the good news of Jesus, then what does that really mean? What is that good news? So let's look at the life and the mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that his mission was to give life. If you were uh, to rate yourself how much life you have on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being awesome, awesome life, or 1, a lousy, lame life, where would you rate yourself? You may say, well, my life would be like a 6 or a 7 or an 8, and I would say, then why would your life be that way? And many people say this, well, my life's good because I, you know, I finally got, I graduated college um, I, I went on and I even got a master's degree and from there I, I, was, I had a great opportunity to get a great job and, I, and, and I've got my family secure now. I, we even bought a home and we have kids and, and we really feel like things are moving in the right direction and I got my house, I got my home, we're doing further education and we believe that we're going to be able to complete that and my health is good so my life is good. And I would say life is good in so many ways but what happens when you get sick and you lose your kids. 
Or you're, you, 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 uh, an economic crisis hits and you lose your home. Or, or you never did find the spouse that you really wanted. And even though you were faithful and it didn't happen, is life still good? You know, that's the question a lot of skeptics and cynics ask. Is, you know, how can life be good? Is the life that God offers, is it really all that good? Jesus said this, I came to give life that they may have life and to have it to the full. Regardless of any circumstance, regardless of any situation, Jesus says his mission was to give life and to give it to the full. You know, that's an important question that we need to realize that is being asked by so many um, uh, Gen X, uh, Gen Y, and millennials today is about the Christian faith is, uh, if I've come to know Jesus, will he make my life good? Will he fill my life up? And the answer is yes. But it's not about circumstances. It's about knowing and, and living with, with Jesus Christ and the power of Christ that he's come to fill your life to make it the best, not only here and now, but in the life to come. His mission, he says, was to give life to the full. That fullness that Jesus talks about is incredibly important mission statement and message that we as a church in the 21st century need to echo and repeat to this generation. Jesus Christ will give you a good life regardless of your circumstances. Because when somebody who doesn't know Jesus doesn't get the kids or get the marriage or get the house, then, then they can feel like, man, my life moved from a six or a seven down to a one. But Jesus promises that, you know what, that, that, that life isn't contingent upon things. In fact, guess what? The Bible says that you can't take any of your stuff with you. That you can't take your house, you can't, you can't take your stuff to heaven. Jesus' message is that he came to give life, to give it to the full. Jesus' mission, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is, the, this is a message that is incredibly important. God's message, God's mission is to show the world that he loves, he loves us and that He has a plan for our life. That He gives His only Son. God is a giver. He gives life. Whoever believes in Him, that's whoever trusts in Jesus Christ, He's promised, that person is promised, man, woman, or child, that they will not perish in eternity, uh, in separation from God, but in eternity in the presence with God and have eternal life. His mission was to give life. This is a, you know, a big question as to what happens in life after death. You know, actually still 20% of Americans ask this question. What's next? What's after this life? But only 20%. Most people actually today are more concerned about the here and now and not thinking about the future. They're not thinking about eternity. I did have a friend recently who just became a Christian and he said to me, he said, you know, I've been walking around thinking, what's next? And I really don't know. And uh, I, I encouraged him with this Bible verse. I said, you know what? God says that if you believe in Him, that you will spend eternity with Him and have life everlasting. The classic question is in, today in evangelism, and that is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, that He came to give life, to forgive us of our sins, and spend eternity with Him, to have help here and now, and have life also in eternity. The question that comes, though, still is for many, is if you were to die today, would you know with certainty 
that you would go to heaven? That's a question that a lot of uh, Christians ask unchristians that question. And today, as we dive into the message, if you're new to the Christian faith or new to church, you're going to kind of get an inside look on the mission of the church and understanding how the church expands and the message of the church. But that question is important. If you were to die today, would you know with certainty that you would go to heaven? 20% of Americans still think about that quite a bit. You know, uh, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be assured that you do have an eternity with Him in heaven, that you have an eternal life. Jesus' mission was to give life. Just this last week, I spent time mourning with a family uh, in our church, Don and Cindy Fain, the Fain family. And Cindy, after a long battle of cancer, um, she went home to be with the Lord. And uh, as I was standing in their house in my, in, in my neighborhood, I asked Don, I said, how are you doing? And he said, honestly, Ryan, I'm going through the hardest time I've ever gone in my life. I've spent more than 30 plus years with this woman. I love her tremendously and she's gone. I remember when I lost just recently my grandfather. I mean, my grandfather was a good man and he got cancer and he died and you know, but he lived a good life. Like he had a good life and he came to know Jesus in his later years and like his life was good and I was glad he was home, but it still hurt a lot. It still hurt a lot because I love sitting with my grandfather on his front porch in Dallas, Texas, and him telling me all those stories about how the neighborhood was being developed and when 635 didn't even exist and they were out in the country and now he's in the hub of the Metroplex. And telling me stories about neighbors and friends and family. And you know what hurts? Is I don't get to hear his voice anymore. I don't get to spend time with him anymore. I wrap my arms around Don and I said, man, I, I, I hate that feeling of loss. Then he quieted me though and he said, Ryan, you know what? But I have a strong assurance and a great faith and hope that Cindy's in eternity with her heavenly father. And I get to rejoin her one day. And she asked that you... And uh, another pastor would do the memorial service and let it be celebratory about her new life, her restored body, and being finally home. You know what her, her wish was before she passed away? She had written it down that it would be that her daughter and her grandson would be grounded and growing in their faith. And today, you know, they are. They're plugged into our church. They were here in the first service. And I just want to encourage you, would you join me Monday? It's at 1030, uh, Apollo Baptist Church, uh, and join me in that celebration of her life, Monday, 1030. Um, and if you know about it, would you go ahead and tweet it out or Facebook it out through our social media networks? And then let's go and let's celebrate that life. Jesus said his mission uh, was to give life. Let me ask you a question on a scale of one to 10. How much life do you got? You might say, I got a, I'm at a seven, Pastor Ryan. Or you might say, I'm at a two. Well, Jesus says, I want to give you life, and it's not contingent upon a marriage. It's not even contingent upon your house or your income. It's contingent upon Him. And that He wants to help you give you life right here, right now, through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Do we get an eternity in life in heaven? Yes, we do. His mission was to give life. God is a giver. God is a giver and His mission is to give life and that's the good news. What is proclaiming the good news? Let's go back to that definition 
about mission and what is mission. Mission is largely, it's there in your program and we'll put it up on the screen. Mission is largely an enterprise of proclaiming the good news. What is good news? It's that Jesus offers life right here, right now, and there's a fullness that we can have that when we go through tragedy, struggles, hardship, we can say things like, it is well with my soul. That I know that God is good, even when I go through hard times. I know that His help is present. I know that He's going to work something bigger out of this hardship that I'm going through. I've got the help of God Himself through my life, and I'll take it to the fullest right here and now. And I've got an eternity already set. Every time I get discouraged, every time I get down, I rehearse this promise that guess what? That I got an eternity with heaven and that's already set. There's nothing I got to do for that. It's already done. So I just need to weather through this storm, walk through it. And the Bible says that he promises to help us along the way. So that good news is the message about Jesus giving life, that He forgives sins, that He grants us forgiveness. When we're guilty and struggling in shame, Jesus says, I'll take that shame and I'll put it upon myself. I'll take that sin and I'll put it upon myself. And that's what, it, that's what the cross is for. When you're taking communion, like get specific and start saying, this is the shame I'm dealing with. Take that and say, but you, you died for that. And I receive that so that I can feel a cleansing from the guilt, a cleansing from the shame and go, I'm good. I'm not good because I'm good. I'm good because God is good. Amen. You with me? So that good news is really, really important as a believer to understand the good news is about Jesus giving life. Jesus giving His only one and only Son so that we can have eternity with Him, experience His life to the fullness. But look at this definition, and I think it's incredibly important because Jesus echoes the same thing. The mission is largely an enterprise of proclaiming. Let's put that back up on the, so you can see that. Mission is largely an enterprise of proclaiming. Let's say proclaiming together. Proclaiming. Let's do it again. Proclaiming. Oh, come on. Let's do it again. Proclaiming. There you go. It's opening your mouth. Here's what's wrong with missions worldwide right now. We've changed the, dim- the, the definition of missions to say something along the lines that missions is largely about demonstrating. Doing good works, not talking about good news. So in mainline evangelicalism around the world, by and large, there's been a decline while non-denominational churches and charismatic churches and even some within the, in, 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 in the Catholic churches, there's been a revival at some level um, uh, because they're keeping focused on proclaiming, not on demonstrating. Mainline denominations, a lot of them are struggling because they've traded out good news for good works. So they focus their mission efforts on feeding the poor, helping the hungry, um, uh, uh, serving the widows, uh, meeting, uh, educating people in need, bringing water into villages. Is that mission work? Yeah, sure, at some level. Missions is largely about proclaiming the good news, not the good works of man. If a church forgets to do this and they can't echo and repeat that Jesus' message, that He came to give life and that we're dead in our sins apart from Jesus' life, then there, there is no true mission work at hand. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That's got to get proclaimed. Proclaim that over your own life. God loves me. God loves me. 
God forgives me through the cross. I'm forgiven. I have eternity set through Jesus Christ. It's set. That's good news. So what about your mission and my mission? Jesus gives us a mission. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. That's teaching. That's opening your mouths. That's talking. That's proclaiming. That's sharing about Jesus and His teachings. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. What were His commands? The greatest commandments, at least. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes on to say, hey, guess what? And behold, I am always with you. I'm, behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Three things about this passage of Scripture that you and I need to hold to. Number one is your mission and my mission is not optional. It's not, oh, I, 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 I can do that if I want to. No, Jesus says actually being a part of being a follower of me means that, that you, have, you don't have an option in this. You've got to go if you're going to participate in God's work around the world, if you're going to accept the mission, if you choose to accept the mission, you need to know this, that uh, your mission and my mission has some basic instructions. Just some basic instructions. When you, when you go out and you're being told... Um, to go on a mission trip, you need some basic instructions on what you're going to do. Or if you've gone out and you've joined on a sports team, you've got to have a playbook. You've got to know exactly what you're being asked to do. At some level, you've got to know. Jesus gives us that. He says, you're going to go and make disciples. Well, how do you make disciples? I think of understanding how you're going to make disciples if you're going to accept the mission is that you are understand what the word disciple means. Disciple means simply a follower or a student. And so we can go do that by helping other people come and learn about Jesus. You can do that by inviting them into neighborhood groups. You can do that by sharing with them and teaching them, encouraging them what you've seen God do in your own life. And you can, you can serve as the teacher in that role. Making disciples is help gathering followers. And the Bible says Jesus commissioned his, his 12 to go into all nations. That there's this global influence. Your mission and my mission has some basic instructions. What else does it look like? It looks like that there's baptizing going on. That people are being baptized into the local church community. When we uh, do that at North Valley, you see that, that moms and dads are present and they're baptizing their kiddos, or you see a, a man or a woman baptizing their friends and their family and their neighbors into the Christian faith. Basic instructions include that there's this teaching going on. When, when you're participating in, in missions, there's got to be a not just a demonstration that you're, you're you know, we've equated sometimes in mission as well, if if you go out and you hand somebody a cup of cold water that's on the street, well, you've completed your mission work. Or if you've gone to Starbucks and they gave you a really nice drink and you say, God bless you, you've completed your mission work. It involves teaching. It involves sharing. It involves opening our mouths and talking about Jesus, not talking about ourselves or anything else. It's about Jesus. He says, teaching them what? To observe all that I have commanded, what Jesus says. And behold, I will be all, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Your mission and my mission will have 24-hour support. 
Now, um, I used to be a PC guy, and God saved me from the PC culture. Now I'm a Mac guy, and, and I see we have a lot of PC users here today. Uh, but, but, you know, when I was on, in PC world all the time, I was constantly getting 24-hour support from some guy, some gal in India. It was like nonstop. I mean, I could have access anytime I wanted, and I was on the phone a lot. Uh, during my, my days in seminary, working through challenges or whatever on my PC. Um, and that was awesome. You know, uh, honestly, I don't have the problems with my Mac, so I'm never on 24-hour support. So that's really the fun thing about Macs. But when it comes to our mission and our faith, we need to understand that we have a 24-hour support system. That God is with you. He is omnipresent, meaning everywhere all at once at the same time. You say, how does he do that? Well, your ways are not like his ways. Like you, when you decide and you go, no, 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 I get it. Jesus didn't give this as an option. I'm going to move forward on mission. And I'm going to talk to you and teach you about what does that really look like for you in the North Valley as a, as a dude living in a home with a wife or a single living by yourself or with a roommate. How do you live on mission in everyday kind of Phoenician culture? That's what we're going to talk about. But you need to know ahead of time that God says, I'm with you. Like you, did, you Don't worry, I'm with you all the time. And as you access that and you begin to see that God's doing a divine appointment, bringing people into your life, and he's like, would you please open your mouth and share with this person why? Because they need life. Most people coast through and they say, I'm living life, especially in the North Valley, I'm living life at a six or a seven or an eight. And then you ask them, why are you living like that? And they say, because I got my wife or my kids or this and that. And then what happens when it's all gone? They're down to one. And what we've got to be is we've got to be the messengers of hope, be faithful to the mission and go, you know what? Jesus says that he can give life even in the midst of hardship. He can bring it. He can do it. Not only here, but also in the future. We got 24-hour support. So how are we doing as a church? I want to show you one of the baptism videos and um, then give you some practical applications is we've been doing baptism Sundays here at the church and we saw a bunch of guys and gals, uh, men, women, and children be baptized just here recently. Since the beginning of North Valley, um, we've seen over 128 people place their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. On Easter, we saw some 40 people make professions of faith. A lot of the folks that, that said, hey, I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ, you need to understand, a lot of those folks um, come to church just about two or three times a year. And so they're going to up their game this year, I'm sure. And some of you guys might be those people and you're like, well, this year I'm going to go five or t 10 times or I'm going to go monthly or whatever. And we're going to see more and more as the days ahead. I believe that North Valley, we're just in the beginning of the mission work that he has for us, not only locally, but globally. The sunrise, we're at the sunrise of the beginnings of world missions in America, I believe, that while the mainline denominations are in decline, the churches that are thriving are preaching and sharing about the good news of Jesus Christ, about the life that he offers. They're focused on the message of the good news and not just, just the good works. They're, they're focusing on the churches that are growing are focusing around the good news of Jesus, not simply the good works that we can do. And that's what this church is doing. And I'm happy to report, we're on our way. We're on our way. But we've got to move from a pastor who's enthusiastic and excited about missions to a congregation that says, you know what? I'll be faithful to the mission of Jesus Christ. So here's how. 
Number one, if we're going to live on mission in the North Valley and beyond, we must accept the mission to be Jesus' witness. Listen, if you are a kid, if you are 18 or younger, let me tell you something. You have an incredible, actually, you have more influence than everybody else in this room. And I'll tell you why in, in a few minutes, and I'll walk you through that, because there's a younger generation that comes to faith in Christ, and as a young kid, you have incredible influence in this generation. So the question is, is if we're going to live on mission, how are we going to do that? And it is not just for mom or dad who's super mature in their faith. This is for anybody who says, I'm a Christian, I'm deciding to follow Jesus, and I want to make an impact in this world this is what we need to do. We need to accept the mission to be Jesus's witness. And you say to me, what is a witness? A witness is simply sharing what you've seen God do. Let's say that together. A witness is simply sharing what we've seen God do. Let's say that again. A witness is simply sharing what we've seen God do. That's what a witness is. It's just saying, man, here's what I've seen happen in my life. When I trust God in hardships and hard times, I see that he brings me life in the midst of that. I see that God's been at work in people in my, my friend's life, my neighbor's life. My friend that was an atheist and an agnostic came to know Christ and it changed his marriage. My friend that came, was out of church for a long time and he rededicated his life to the Christ and to be a part of his church. He's saying that God's at work in their marriage and it's changing things. Simply sharing what we've seen God do. Recently, I had a friend who got into a car accident and the police showed up and they asked this question, was there any witnesses? Now, the cop was asking that question because he just wants to know how did the story go? What really unfolded? And the witness that was there, it didn't need to be an expert in traffic law. It didn't need to be an expert in, in car or mechanics or in, in social disputes. The witness needed zero experience other than I saw it. If you've seen God work in your life or in your friend's life, then you can be a witness if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you can't be a witness. This is what uh, it says, accept the mission to be Jesus' witness is what I'm going after. And the Bible says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Not like, hey, you might be, but you will be. If you receive the power of Christ and you say, Lord, I believe in you, the Bible says that we receive the Holy Spirit and his power will come upon us. So the cool thing is, is when you decide that you're going to start living faithful to the mission, you're going to experience more of God's power in your life. You'll see extraordinary things kind of unfold. All of a sudden, the person that you're talking to at Starbucks or wherever in the community, strangers, friends, or family, when you start talking to them about God, you're going to sense that there's this thing called like a, a divine appointment that just got set up. You're going to sense and see that, oh my gosh, God's been preparing this person for me to share this. And oh, listen, there's no other greater joy that you can experience as a Christian than to knowing that you're like walking into divine appointments. That everything was set and you just like stepped out in faith and begin to open your mouth and share what you saw God do. You'll receive power. So you can't do it in your own strength. You can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And the Bible says that he called these guys to start in Jerusalem. And that it would begin to spread out in Jerusalem, into Judea, into Samaria, into the ends of the earth. It would, it would expand. There would be an explosive influence. 
So what does that mean for us? That we begin to see, simply share what we've seen God do in the North Valley, in our state, in the United States of America, and in the world. Here's, here's, here's a point I want you to get. Most people overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time, and they underestimate what they can do over a long period of time. You can have a huge impact if you expand your timeline. If you begin to think about your life and, and how many years that you'll be given, and I know some of us will live shorter lives than others, and that is, that is um, sad for those that are left behind in that, but most of us have a long period of life, especially in America. Average age is like 80, 90 years old these days. And so you're sitting there thinking, well, what am I going to do for that period of time? Don't underestimate the impact that you could have if you begin to trust and rely upon God and say, God, do a great work through me over a period of years. One of the most significant key factors of explosive dynamic churches in the world is long-term leadership committed to one church. When my wife and I came out to Phoenix, we made this decision, wherever we go, we're going to plant roots, and we promised and pledged 30 years of faithful ministry to one church. And then I gathered a team and I said, I need you to have that same commitment. Imagine that. You show up and, and your boss tells you, I need you to commit 30 years. That's a long time. That's what we asked Jonathan and Meredith to do. Would you commit 30 years of life and ministry to one church? And that's where we're at. Friends, we're at the very beginning. We're at the sunrise of world missions through North Valley. Um, globally speaking, we're at the sunrise. We're not at the sunset. In the world right now, there are so many churches, even some mainline churches, that are experiencing radical explosions of growth and a revival in Asia and Africa and Korea. Some of the largest churches in the world are reported up to be 500,000 people in different, in different uh, countries around the world. I mean, God's doing a great work just at Phoenix Stadium this last weekend. I was down there, uh, saw Greg Laurie do Harvest America, and I saw thousands of men and women. Literally, this scene will never leave my mind. This husband and this wife and these little kids were all sitting on the row right beside me. We're worshiping, and worship, by the way, is an incredible witness. When we begin to worship God and we're worshiping together, it's a powerful witness for people that don't know Jesus. It's powerful. That's why worship is so important. It fuels missions. Worship fuels missions. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. We're sitting in the Phoenix Stadium and this guy, he's like raising his hands. He's getting excited. And I'm like, praise God, this is fun. I'm here. I never get the chance to be in so many presence of so many believers. And I know there's a bunch of unbelievers in the stadium. And all of a sudden, Greg Laurie gives the opportunity for people to come down. This guy doesn't say, excuse me. He like jumps through the crowd, through the chairs, through people. And the, the daughter's shocked and the wife's shocked and he runs down there and he commits his life to Jesus Christ. And I saw that literally almost from the 40-yard line all the way up to the zero packed with people. And I just said, praise God. God's at work. God's at work in our world, in our city. So what about you and me? How do we do this? We need to number two, we need to see that the North Valley of Phoenix is the primary mission field. 87% of the Phoenix Valley is without a church home. That's a lot of people. 87% of the Phoenix Valley is without a church. Just in 15 minutes from here, 187,000 people within 15 minutes of North Valley Community Church don't go to church. 
You need to see that the North Valley is your primary mission field. If we are going to be faithful as a church to be on mission, we've got to understand this is the primary mission field that you and I are supposed to be involved in. Jesus said, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. How do you love your neighbor? You talk to them, you, you talk to them, you show them the life of Jesus Christ in you. You show them that, but you got to share with them about the life of Jesus too. God has given us an area of influence in 2 Corinthians 10, 15 through 16. The Apostle Paul used this word, I'm sure that is very, very important for every church, new church or Christian to understand their influence. He says, but our hope is that as your faith increases in Corinth, that's where he's talking, he says, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. The Apostle Paul thought that there was an area of influence assigned to every local church, that it has some kind of influence into this area. As a Christian, you have an influence in your school. In, you have an influence as uh, if you're a student in, in, in your class. If you're a Christian in a home, you've got influence with your family. If you're a Christian in a neighborhood, you've got influence in your neighborhood. You've got influence. You've got a sphere of influence. The Apostle Paul said that there's an area of influence. And for us, that area is the North Valley. Number three, we need to be strategic to reach men so that we can reach the whole family. If we, reach their, if we reach children, there's a 23% chance that that child and the whole family will join the church. If we reach the wife, there's a 48% chance uh, that the, whole, the family will come to church. If we reach the husband, there's a 93% chance the whole family will come to church. A lot of churches, you'll see a lot of um, new people and the wife will show up. We've got to do a great job at this church, guys, just to be strategic. If you're uh, for you men, help us in the mission by engaging the men. Ladies, when your husband's not engaging other men, tell him, if we're going to be faithful to the mission at North Valley, we've got to be intentional to help reach the men. If we reach the men, we'll reach the whole family. It's incredibly important. I want to share with you just one story of a guy um, recently that um, placed his faith in Jesus Christ right after we were at the movie theater and this guy Dustin came into our church and he came to me and said, hey Ryan, you know, man, you were preaching. I was preaching on love and marriage. This is a single dude. And uh, he came right after the service at Harkins Theater and said, man, I need to get my life straight with, with the Lord. I don't know what to do. And I said, do you, have you ever prayed to receive Christ? And he said, no, I haven't. And I said, do you want to do that right now? And he said, yes, I do. And right there in that movie theater, Harkins, Norterra, there is a, a place of a person who places their faith in Jesus Christ. And then just a few weeks ago, he was baptized. Now this guy is serving in our church. He's helping oversee our property. He's here, right here. Dustin, would you stand up? Can we celebrate you, man? We're proud of you. We love you. And, and here's, here's what I want to say is, uh, we've seen this time and time again. If you reach the men, you'll reach the whole family. Now, Dustin's a single dude right now. Um, but you know what happens is a guy like Dustin comes to faith in Christ, and then it changes even the way he dates. It changes what he's looking for. And he says, you know what, for me, my faith is important, and, and I'm not going to get into a relationship unless that woman is, is, is common and values, common vision and calling in my life. We've seen other men that have placed their faith in Christ and with unbelieving wives and they bring their family anyway. Guys, we can all help in this. We can all reach out to men in doing this. Ladies, you have an incredible automatic influence. Men, 
you are typically disengaged spiritually unless somebody prods you, encourages you, or challenges you, and it's God's intent that every man, woman, and child would be active on mission. Amen? So kids, you got a huge role in this as well. We need to, number four, we need to invest into a younger generation so that we can have a really long future. About 65% of everybody who becomes a Christian does so as a child. That's why you have a huge influence, kids. You students, you have a massive influence. We are at the beginning of world missions, and it happens in the hearts of young, a younger generation. When you look at revival over, over the period of global history, it's always in the younger generation. Why do we focus on younger generations at North Valley? Because they are our future. Because they are the future. My job will, will be, you know, I mean, I think it's really cool what's going on right now in some of the larger churches around the Phoenix Valley. Um, I'm seeing that these larger patriarch figures in the big churches around the valley, they are passing the baton on to younger leaders to carry out the mission. We've got to improve in our kids' programs. We've got to improve in all the, the ministries that we're doing. Recently, we had a couple, Ford and Melinda, that took a courageous step forward in their faith and said, we're going to invest into the younger generation. We're going to go. We've got some pictures I want to show you. We're going to invest into the younger generation and, and take these kids to camp. So they took a, some kids to camp. And it was really cool to see what happened. We sent more kids than we've ever sent to camp. And stories are coming back about kids' lives being impacted and changed. And we're like, praise God. Um, I want to read to you one story of a young girl named Olivia Waninta. Um, we asked the question, how did, how did camp impact your life? And Meredith, our kids' coordinator, asked her this. And here's what uh, Olivia said. She said, camp impacted my life hugely. And started by helping me understand, by explaining God in a whole new way. It's kind of like the movie Aladdin, she said. It's a whole new world. What Jesus really did and how he sacrificed for me is amazing. Now I know who God is and how he's there for me. And I'm not alone anymore because he is with me. I just can't keep it in anymore. I had to share because God is telling me to share from the inside out. Listen, you younger generation, you have a huge influence. You need to share. You need to speak up. You need to be bold. You need to be brave. You hold life. You older folks that have kids, you need to invest into your kids. You need to serve in the kids' programs. You need to realize that they are our future leaders of America. They are the future of the church. They are the future of everything. Those of us who are empty nesters, we need to always invest down into younger people so that the mission, the name and fame of Christ, just keeps going on from generation to generation. We'll close out with a few quick points is this, is that we also uh, need to, number five, we need to reach new communities by starting new neighborhood groups. Some of you have got the privilege and the opportunity where you've got a great home and you could open it up and you could be a good host, but we cannot effectively as a church reach in a community for Christ or the North Valley for Christ if we can't help establish some neighborhood groups. If we reach a neighborhood group, we can reach a community. If we can establish a neighborhood group, it gives us a presence on that street where we can invite friends and family into those homes. Maybe you're the leader. Maybe you've already got a skill set. You're just kind of a natural leader of some sort. And God wants to use an extraordinary measure of His grace to help you lead with your wife and do this. We want to encourage you to do that. We've seen young guys and young gals. We've seen more seasoned couples do this. It's incredibly important. Jesus said, 
The greatest commandments is in essence that you love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind. And then you, the, that's the first. And the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor. We can't do that really well unless we focus in on our neighborhoods. Number six, you need to help strengthen existing groups by inviting others to join you. Everybody can do that. You say to me, I, I don't want to start a new neighborhood group, Pastor Ryan. I don't want to do that. Um, I, I don't want to host. Well, then help strengthen one. But I'm gonna, I, I pray to God that there would be a many men and women that would say, you know what, I'll start a neighborhood group. And you, even if you're, you're sketchy on your qualifications, come down and talk to me. What I, what I see oftentimes is God qualifies those whom He calls. If He's stirring in your heart, He'll prepare you. He'll give you the strength to do that. Some of you just need to strengthen an existing group by jumping in one. Seventh, I want to encourage you to actively pray for family and friends that don't know Jesus Christ or are part of His church. You know, um, Cindy's dying wish in our church was that her daughter and her children would know Jesus and walk with Him. And her daughter knows Jesus and is walking with Him. And her grandson, just uh, the other day when I was at his house, she said, he said to me, um, Pastor Ryan, I want to sit down and talk to you about salvation. And I want to talk to you about being baptized. And so here we go. Here we go where we see the life of uh, an elderly woman in our church actively praying for her family, reaching out, encouraging, wants to see this younger generation thrive in a relationship with God because that's life. We need, we need to actively pray for our family, our friends that don't know Jesus or be a part of His church. And then number eight, we need to spend time with family and friends that don't know Jesus or are part of His church. Jesus always spent time with people that were not... Uh, 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 theologically there, or uh, religiously there, if you will. He spent time with the, the sinners, the gluttons, the drunkards, the prostitutes. He spent time with people that were uncomfortable to spend time with. You've got family members that really get on your nerves, and their values are totally different than yours. And you've got friends that really, you know, maybe you walked out of a party life, and you're you're kind of like, I got to get away from that because I don't need to struggle. Yes, that's true. You got to distance yourself so you don't fall into that temptation. But please don't think that somehow at North Valley that you're doing God a great deal of justice when you ignore your friends that struggle and live a bad life, don't know Jesus, and you ignore them forever and you leave them on your own. Actually, what God wants to do a lot of times in people's lives is take them out of that, help them grow in strength, and then go straight back into it and begin to share about the new life in Jesus Christ. You've got to understand your family matters tremendously. If they don't know Jesus Christ, all I'm asking you to do is simply share what you've seen God do in your life and in other people's lives. And please stop thinking that by you just saying grace at Thanksgiving, that somehow you've been the greatest witness. What you need to do is just talk to them. How are you doing? How are you doing in life? Not doing so good. Can I talk to you about what I've seen God do in my life? Witness. It's on your program. Keep that in your mind. And then just spending time with uh, family and friends is incredibly important. Here's, here's what I want you to think about. You may feel that you can go without church. That you really, you can just kind of, you can make it without church. If you're there once a month or twice a month or whatever. But really think about it like this. But the church can't, according to Jesus, you can't really... You, according to Jesus, can't go without you. We can't go without you. 
We can't, we can't go and do the mission that Jesus has called us to without you. It's, it's not an option. You have influence in so many different spheres. And all we want to do is encourage and equip and empower you to be faithful to that mission. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand up. And we've got a, uh, some statements that I want us to read aloud as a church. And I want you to know that you already are qualified. That you are greatly loved by God. That you have an incredible influence. That you've been given power that you don't know about. That you, are, you may feel unworthy. That you have somehow, you're not good enough to be one of His witnesses or be a, a missionary for God. But I want to encourage you by repeating these truths. And I ask that you read them with me. And, uh, and declare these over your own life. Let's read together. I stand loved and accepted and forgiven by God. I am given new mercies every single morning. I am powered by God's Spirit to do great things. I was made by God for His glory. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I am God's temple for the Spirit of God to dwell within me. I have been given power from upon high. I am the branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine and a channel of His life. I am chosen, called out, and appointed to bear fruit. I am a minister of reconciliation. I am sent by Jesus to be His witness. I am commissioned by Jesus Christ Himself to go and make disciples of all nations. I've been commanded to teach others, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God has given me an area of influence in the North Valley and beyond. In the mighty name of Jesus, I accept my mission in faith. I will share and show the love of Christ to the North Valley and beyond. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.